0: The Lord bless you. Bless you. Too. Let me share some portions of Scripture with us, and that will explain why we have gathered here this morning. So we will do exactly that, and then we can close. So we can go home and share the Christmas with the rest of our family members. Luke chapter two. Kindly turn your Bibles with me there. Luke, the Gospel according to Saint Luke, chapter number two. Let me read the first twenty verses quickly. Luke 2, 1-20 through 20 from the New King James Version of the Bible. Dr. Luke says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. Was with child. Versus, so it was that while they went there, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. That is Mary to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Verse 8. Now which will be to all people. I want you to note verse 10 because we'll come back to it. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. Take note of verse 14. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning this child. Please take note of verse 17 as well. 18. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let us say amen to the reading of God's word. Amen. Beautiful Christmas story. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a very beautiful Christmas story. And this is what Christmas, people of God, is all about. Can you imagine? if what were foretold by the prophets of old concerning the birth of a savior can you imagine if till today it hadn't happened it hadn't come in, it, it hadn't come to pass can you imagine how the world would have fared because since isaiah for instance foretold the birth of jesus isaiah prophesied the birth of jesus 700 years before he was born And since Jesus Christ was born, it's been over 2,000 years now. So can you imagine if for 2,700 years now, the Savior was still expected and he has not been born yet. Can you imagine how the world would have been? The question is, who is this Savior? And what is is he born into this world to save? Why do we call him the Savior? In fact, if you read the scripture very well, The New King James says that a saviour is born. It says, verse verse 10, right? Okay, verse 11, rather. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. Look at the way the angel put it, a saviour. But we will discover in History that Jesus Christ is not just a savior that was born. He is the savior. Hallelujah. Amen. Because prior to the birth of Jesus. Humankind has been looking for salvation. Salvation from sin. And all the miseries that sin brought to humankind. Man has tried everything in his human prowess human capacity human ability to save himself from the miseries of this world but man couldn't find a savior but after jesus christ was born some two thousand years ago till today there hasn't been another savior am i right has there been any savior of his kind no never meaning that jesus christ is not just a savior he is the savior and not only the savior the same verse 11 says that for there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. He is not a Lord. He is Christ the the Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. This is joy. Verse 10. The angel said then the angel said to them do not be afraid for behold i bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people i bring you good tidings of great joy Someone say good tidings good tidings of great joy of great joy what does that mean it means that there is no way you should hear this good news and and not respond with joy Because man, when I say man, I'm talking about humankind. Humanity was lost without a savior. Man, to the extent that when God even gave the Israelites, God took Abraham and then made a nation out of his descendants and then had a very special covenant with them. And in the covenant, they were supposed to be shedding blood year after year. Even that one could not wash away the problem of humankind. The problem of humankind was what Adam inherited when he listened to the voice of the serpent. I'm talking about iniquity. I'm talking about sin. I'm talking about a nature that Bible sees or God sees it as rebellion. When God looks at the sinner who has not been washed by the blood of Jesus, all God sees is a rebel. Have you seen rebels in your in, in the country where we live in before rebels. When we say these are rebel leaders, maybe here yeah, we have not found rebel leaders or rebels. But rebels are those who are deviants who do not function according to the the laws of the land in which they dwell. They rebel, they they always oppose good things. If the government formulates a policy, they do the opposite. As a rebel. When man inherited the sin nature through disobedience, he became a rebel in the sight of God. He became just like Satan because when Satan conceived that idea in his heart, the Bible said that for he had said in his heart that I will ascend to the, to the hill where God is and I will be like the most high God. The moment he conceived that idea, iniquity was found in him and that iniquity is rebellion. As if that was not enough, he passed that iniquity to Adam when Adam listened to his voice. For you inherit the nature of the one whose voice you listen to and obey. Can I say that again? You will always inherit the nature of the one whose voice you listen to and obey. So man inherited something called rebellion, called iniquity, called sin. And in case you don't have an idea of how sin looks like, look at a leper in the street. Because the sin nature makes one look on the inside what the leper looks on the outside. And I believe it's more horrible on the inside than on the outside. Are you there? Amen. God does not look as men look. The Bible says God is spirit and therefore he looks at the spirit. Man looks at the outward appearance. It's only God who can tell who is clean and who is not uncle- I mean, who is unclean. Under the old covenant, if somebody contacted leprosy, he was supposed to put a bell by his lips, a bell by his clothing. And whilst he is going, the bell will be ringing in the street. And he himself will be pronouncing unclean, unclean, unclean. In other words, I'm so unclean, don't come near me. How embarrassing that life would be. Have you thought about that? That you are supposed to announce by yourself that I am unclean, please don't come near me. And such people were not even allowed to stay within the confines of the city. They were ostracized. They were cast out of the city. They were not permitted into the kingdom where everybody dwelt. They were were left alone to the extent that a king like Uzziah, when King Uzziah disobeyed God and got leprosy he himself bible says that he himself ran out of the temple and lived in a separated house outside the city and this is the picture of what has become of humanity that's why jesus told nicodemus that verily verily i say unto you unless a man is born again he cannot see the kingdom of god he cannot enter the kingdom of god god does not countenance sin god cannot countenance sin everybody and what he or she likes there are some things that if they bring to you right now it will just make you feel like you want to vomit i hope you know that it's every everybody and his or in nature there are some things that god cannot countenance and one of them and in fact the major one is sin To the extent that when Jesus carried my sin and your sin on the cross, he turned his back on Jesus. God cannot countenance sin. The sin nature makes one look so horrible on the inside, God cannot behold that nature twice. So he would turn his back on every sinner. So man was hopeless without a savior. Man was looking for a way out and there was no detergent powerful enough. To wash away the sin nature. Man tried the blood of animals. Under the covenant of Moses. The first covenant. The blood of animals could only cover. The sins. For just one year. And after one year the Bible says there was rehearsal of sins. But for the rest of humanity. It was a hopeless deal. But for Israel at least. Year after year. They could cover their sins. But God was looking for an ultimate washing away of the sin nature. Then in the mind of eternity, once upon a time, God has spoken through prophets. Under the old covenant that one day a savior will be born. Little did they know that on the day that we have set aside and we call it Christmas day. That day that the fulfillment of the prophetic word will come to pass. I mean, the word of God concerning the Savior will be fulfilled. Mary and Joseph, her husband, Mary was betrothed to Joseph. In other words, they were in courtship. Let's put it that way. Preparing to marry. Then all of a sudden, an angel visited Mary. And without meeting a man, the word that the angel spoke to Mary, Became the seed that was planted in the womb of Mary. There has never been a Mary again. Hallelujah. Are you there? There has never been a Mary again. But she is not supposed to be worshipped. Because you discover that on the day of Pentecost, among the 120 who were waiting for the Holy Ghost, Mary was one of them. So she also depended on the Savior, her own son for the holy spirit the promise of god what am i saying they had gone to their village let's put it that way bethlehem because that's where that's where the city of david and that's where they came from to be registered according to the law of their time but little did Mary know that probably Mary had made plans that after the registration, we will come back and then I'll give birth in a comfortable home. But lo and behold, as God will have it. The savior of the world was born but the Bible says there was no room in the inn. So she, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. In other words, you know, entomago, entomago, something that they just found to just wrap the baby and he was placed In a manger. Hallelujah. Can I say something? It doesn't matter how you begin. You may have a humble beginning. The Bible says. Though thy beginning was small. Thy latter end shall greatly increase. Amen. The savior of the world didn't begin as a king on the throne. He began from a manger. In a swaddling cloth. And I'm sure that the animals. I mean. Can you imagine where animals were, were, were kept? That was where Jesus, the Savior of the world, found Himself. I don't know about you, but this is to encourage us that if the Savior of the world had that humble beginning, don't despise your little beginning. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, I'm going places. I am going I am places. going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. To happen. To happen. Yeah, I'm going somewhere to happen. So the angel said, I bring you this day, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. It will be, this is joy, not just to the Israelites, but to all people. The message of Christmas is to all people. I know some people say that we are not Christians, so we don't celebrate Christmas. But the reason why we are having a service like this, is to remind ourselves. And in fact, the reason why 25th December is set aside for Christmas is just to remind the world that a Savior was born and his mission was to all people. And those of us who are alive must carry that mission and tell the whole world that a Savior was born. And what was his mission? He came. He is the only person who lives with one mission to die one day everybody wants to live forever possibly if that's possible but this man knew that a day will come after he had lived for some years on earth he would die and in his death his blood will be shed and that blood will become the reagent let me use that word or it will become the detergent that quote was or that word was the sin nature the detergent because if you try any other detergent it won't work I've said it in this house before. You just try so clean. I hope you know so clean. It will never wash away the sin nature. At best, you can wash your clothes. You try Ariel, it will not work. You try Omo, it will not work. Which other one? Before Akashia, I've mentioned so clean. Omo, Ariel. Sorry. Degreaser. You like Degreaser, Mr. Allah. Do you sell degreaser? Power zone. Power zone. If you try all these detergents, they will never be able to wash away the sin nature. But this man was born as a babe wrapped in swaddling swaddling cloths in a manger with a mission that one day when he dies, his blood would be shed and wash away. It will be efficacious to wash away the sin nature. I want you to think about it, people of God, that all of us go through temptations, is that not so? But the only person who had at the back of his mind that should he ever yield to temptation, he will mess up God's plan, was Jesus. Because had Jesus Christ known sin even once, what would have happened would be that he would have contaminated his blood. The reason why there was no descendant from Adam who could help save Adam was that Adam's blood was contaminated with sin the moment he sinned. And he passed that sin nature through his seed to all his descendants. So the Bible says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 Not because... One did wrong, but because we are born that way. So man was hopeless, carrying the sin nature, looking for a savior. I want you to think about it. If this savior was not born, what would have happened to humanity? It is, it is glad tidings of great joy. He said, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Verse 11 of Luke chapter 2. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord Twelve And this will be, no, verse 10 rather. He says, then the angel said unto unto, them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings. Good tidings. That's good news of great joy. Why? Because this Savior did not come with arms. He did not come with ammunition. He did not come with an army. He came. In humility, that one day he will go to the cross. So when his time was up, which will be towards Easter, when his time, his time was up, Bible says say he set his face without, I mean, unflinchingly, let me put it that way. He set his face towards Jerusalem. He knew that his time had come. He knew that that was going to be the last time he was going to Jerusalem and that he will be killed and then through his death, Humanity will receive salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at verse 14 of Luke chapter 2. The angel, verse 13, says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men.' Hallelujah. Amen. You know, we can give glory to God and God alone. He alone deserves all the glory. But after giving glory to God, there was one mission of our Lord and Savior. He says, and on earth, in heaven there was peace already. God himself is the author of peace. The word peace here is shalom in the Hebrew and irene in the the, um, the Greek Bible. And it means rest with contentment. That's peace. It, It means... Satisfaction beyond human imagination. That's peace. Do you know that many efforts humankind has made just to bring peace to the various nations of the world? Such that till today we still have peacekeeping missions. Many uh, military men and even policemen traveling to nations just to keep peace. But this is the altar of peace. Hallelujah. When Isaiah prophesied about him, Isaiah said he shall be called wonderful counselor. The everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Prince means utter or first. He is the first. The true peace that humanity has been looking for cannot be found anywhere than in Jesus Christ. Are you there? Amen. Are you looking for peace? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It can only be found in Jesus. Nowhere else than through Jesus. Let's tell the world, it is, it is glad tidings. It is good tidings with great joy. Let's tell the world that the peace they've been looking for cannot be found anywhere than in Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the Savior. He is the Lord. He is Christ the Lord. Verse 10. That's what the angel said. Say said, Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Verse 14 again. And on earth, peace. Goodwill, what is goodwill? Benevolence. You're talking about kindness. God is good, I'm telling you. I said, God is what? Good. He's good. He could have, he could have just banished humanity from the surface of the earth. After all, he created us. And once there was sin, he could have said, I don't need these people. But look at God and his intention out of the very material that was supposed to have been cast into the everlasting fire, he said, look, the ultimate thing I would do with this, let me use the word scrap. I always want to use that word scrap. How we know scrap? Unwanted metal materials. Out of these unwanted metal materials, out of these vessels, I will produce a habitation where my spirit will dwell. Maybe you've not appreciated the work of salvation until you see the ultimate intent of God. The very place where sin dwelt in our spirit because when we when adam sinned and let me use the word we when we sinned in adam we inherited a nature that was not in our soul nor in our bodies it was in our spirit and nothing could wash away the nature of sin from our spirit but god's mind was that one day i will produce a detergent that will wash away this nature as if that was not enough then i will make that same place my dwelling place that was god's ultimate goal to make you and me his habitation his temple hallelujah Amen. is that not beautiful? Very beautiful is that not wonderful Yes, man of God. Is that not good news? good news? Is that not God's kindness? He says goodwill towards men. It's goodwill. God's goodwill to us. God's benevolence to us. God's kindness to us is that not only did he save us, but he also made us a, a part of himself. He made us his permanent dwelling place. So if Christ is born in your heart, the Holy Spirit comes to live in your heart, or let me say Christ comes to live in your heart in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, forever, you and the Holy Spirit are one. The Bible says, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. One spirit. Please, think about it. You and the Holy Spirit, one. Inseparably one. What could have made that possible, if not for the blood? That Jesus Christ, who was born as a Savior, shed when he went to the cross. All right. Let me just run up what I'm sharing with you. Because the reason why we've gathered here, we must also do so. And 17 to 20. 17 says, look to verse 17 says, Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known. These are the shepherds. When they had seen Jesus in the manger, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. What was the saying that was told them concerning this child? Verse 10. Says that the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you in this day, there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord." And verse seventeen says, "Now when they had heard, when they had seen him, they made widely known." Someone say, "Widely known." Widely. That's known. a global evangelism. You see, you don't say that. I'm not an evangelist. I am a prophet. I'm an apostle. No. Once you have the opportunity to hear the good news, it is your responsibility to make it widely known. When Jesus said, go ye into all the world, you must start from somewhere. Probably your world may not be my world, but one day we can have the same world if we start from our corner somewhere. Your office may be your world. I may not be able to come to your office And start witnessing to others, but that's your world. If you start from there, they will come. God will give you a bigger world. And before you realize you have you have covered the surface of the earth with the good news, good tidings of great joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 17. Again, now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. 18 says, And all who And all those who heard it marveled. You see, the message of the gospel is to to make men marvel. The reason why the gospel has not made its impact yet is the way we communicate it. And I believe as a church, as a ministry, one of the greatest responsibilities is what God has entrusted to our care, the simplicity of the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. And if we can rally... know ourselves together and understand and appreciate this gospel there is nobody who will hear the gospel and will not believe and not be converted there is nobody oh yes all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds but mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart of course because she was the first person who was told that this will happen and that happened So she will be like, wow, she will be in a state of reflection. It has happened indeed. Verse 20 is why we are here today. Verse 20. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Do you know the difference between the shepherds and us? We might not have seen Jesus born in the manger. Of course, we have heard it, is that not so? We have heard the gospel, whom I know have seen. But the difference between us and the serpents is that we have not only heard the good news that was told them by the angels, as a matter of fact, we have experienced it. Hallelujah. Amen. Unless you are not a child of God yet, unless you are not born again, mind you, you can be, you can be God's creation, but not a child of God and I'm answering this young man. I'm answering this young man. I'm sure I can speak English, though later on we can translate into tree because he is from ben- Benin. Is that right? Yeah. Because after Sunday, I was sitting with him after church and we have not yet spoken, but I knew that today's exhortation will answer this young man. He doesn't understand why he is so small and God is so big and God cannot solve his problems. Amen. That's his challenge. Oh, yes. And many people think like that. If God were in existence, if there is God, why is it that there's trouble everywhere? Why are people. Come on. God has leased this earth to humanity. Please, if you have property and you lease it to tenants. Is it your responsibility to make sure that everything is in shape during the period of lease? No. It is the leasee. Is that how you call him? Whose responsibility it is to make sure that during the period of lease, he takes responsibility of the property. So God, ever since the creation of Adam, has leased this world, or let's call it this earth, to mankind. Unfortunately, man messed up. Man allowed an intruder. Satan came as an intruder and robbed man of the authority God gave man on earth. God told Adam, take dominion over the earth. But Satan took that authority. I hope you know that. He took it. Thank God for Jesus, the same savior. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you remember the temptation of Jesus? Satan boldly, audaciously told Jesus that bow to me and I'll give you This world and all of his kingdom because it has been given to me. Who gave it to Satan? It was mankind. It was Adam. He handed over his authority. But glory be to God. When Jesus Christ died and went to hell and after three days and three nights he rose again. He said all hail!" in Matthew 28. He says all hail! All authority in in heaven and on earth have been given to me. He took the authority. And he has has vested that authority in his name. Someone say, in his name. In his name. So, until you are in Christ, you cannot have complete and total dominion over the earth as it used to be before the fall. Until you are in Christ. It's only in Christ Jesus that we can exercise the same authority that Adam had in Christ Jesus alone. That's another good news. is that not So, so those who are saying that oh why is it that god is there and i'm suffering in fact this is not suffering the real suffering is that you are a rebel so you should go where all rebels go according to matthew 25 verse 41 which is the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels and god is fair to do that because he cannot countenance sin he cannot behold sin and you are the sin nature in you. And it says, until this nature is washed away, you are not coming in. And you have no right, you have no privilege in the kingdom. Will you query God? No. But he has made provision. What is his provision? My son was born into this world. And he is the savior of the world. He shed his blood. And the only detergent that can wash away the sin nature is the blood of my son. If he did that, then he saved you. Amen. So if he saved you, then you must accept him as your savior. And you must confess him as your Lord. Why? Because until you confess the Lordship of Jesus, you are still under the Lordship of Satan. That is what the world doesn't know yet. All those who have believed, many people have believed the gospel, but they have refused to say, Jesus is my Lord. And Satan will just be quiet watching them because one day, When they leave this earth, it doesn't matter what they did in this world. Once they leave this earth, they will go where their Lord is. Everybody will migrate towards where his or her Lord is. If Satan is your Lord, you will go to hell first. And from there, you together with Satan and hell and death. All those who are in hell will be cast into the everlasting fire. That's where all rebels will go. But if you are, if Jesus is your Lord, then whether dead or alive, when Jesus shall come, You shall be caught up, hallelujah. For the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be changed. And together we shall be caught up to meet him in the air, And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He is our Lord. So, young man, I'm answering your question and for that matter talking to the church and the whole world. That God is not under any obligation. To solve your problem just because he is big and you are small. So why can't God solve my problem? He got, he, oh, don't worry, he can sit down. Let him enjoy himself. God works through relationship. God does what? He works through relationship. relationship. Do you know that even Satan, Satan, as God's creation, because he is God's creation, God, after all, was it not in the house of I mean, the presence of God. The Bible says the stars of, of heaven had met with God, the angels. And then Lucifer also came. And God asked him, where are you coming from? Because at that time, he had already rebelled in heaven. And had been cast from heaven to the earth. And this was long before Adam was born. I, I was created, please, sorry. This was long before Adam was created. I'm talking about when Lucifer was cast from heaven, long before Adam was created. Long, millions of years before Adam was created. Is that okay? Maybe we can discuss that in detail another time. But when Adam was created, one of the early patriarchs was Job. And Job was, I mean, the only revelation he had was the revelation of God. And everything went well. He had a wife with ten children, seven sons, three daughters, and he had cattle, he had everything. And then God just asked Lucifer, have you considered my servant a man who loves me, who fears me, and all that, that, that. Now, God gave Lucifer an assignment. There was no relationship. Take note, because he had become a rebel and had been cast from the kingdom of God. All I'm trying to say is that God can use any creature or any creation of his because he created you. Satan, for instance, is God's employee, but he's not on the payroll. His name is not on the payroll. God owes him no thanks. He cannot say that oh, thank you for doing. No. He only thanks those who are his children. That is why we will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is not the same as the white throne judgment. All those who are rebels, all those who have no relationship with God, they will appear at the white throne judgment. But for us who are in Christ Jesus, our judgment is is to assess our works and to reward our good works and to, and to, as it were, um, say that, oh, you didn't do well. Mm? It's an award ceremony, the biggest award ceremony ever. And it will all be because of this man we're talking about, the man Jesus Christ. Our good works don't save us. Please take note, our good works don't save us. It is, it is, Our good works will be rewarded, but your good works will not be rewarded until you have relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. It is only salvation that will give you entry to the kingdom, and then your good works will follow you. It's not your good works that will give you entry. So we start with salvation. We start with Jesus. It is Jesus in my soul. Hallelujah. Amen. Why are we here today? Verse 20 of Luke chapter 2. Why are we here? Verse 26. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And I said that we might not have seen it with our eyes. Bible says, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Apostle Paul never met Jesus physically, but he knew Jesus by revelation. He so said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creator. You don't need to see. We've heard the good news. For so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And after hearing, we got an experience. This, is, this calls for more glorifying and praising God than even the shepherds did. Because they only heard and saw, and then they glorified God, but we have experienced him. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, Jesus is in my heart. Jesus is in my heart. Can I ask you a question? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Yes. Are you born again? Are you born again? Have you understood the gospel? I was I was trying to explain the gospel with all that I was sharing. Have you understood the gospel? Why did this man come to this world? He was born as a savior. Christ the Lord. And his blood alone could wash away the sin nature. And when he shed his blood... When he went to hell, it was his blood that washed away the sin nature he carried into his spirit. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, that for God has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Take note, Jesus didn't become a sinner, he became sin. That was an, it was a symbol of sin. When you see Jesus on the cross, all you could see was sin. This is sin. This is, that's what Bible says, we hid as it were our faces from him. Isaiah prophesied it. It was so horrible a sight that you couldn't behold him twice. The sin nature on the inside that he carried made him look like a caricature. I'm telling you. Horrible to behold. Naked on the cross. Not because of his own sin, but because of you and me. So if such a person carried your sin and my sin, died your death and my death, went to hell in my name and in your name, because you and I should have gone to hell by virtue of the sin nature. We inherited from Adam. But somebody went there, and then he paid the price. We were saying that song, Is that okay, he paid a debt that he did not owe. He paid the price. How? If he had not paid the price, Bible wouldn't have said he was justified in the spirit. In other words, he was made right in the spirit. The sin nature he carried was washed away by his blood. And therefore, that was the sin, my sin and your sin, that was washed away. So legally, the whole world has been saved. Amen. Legally. But it must become your experience when you believe and you confess. Have you done that? That's the question. Because it starts from there. It doesn't start from, why is this God who is so big and I'm so small and he's not solving my problem? Have you confessed Jesus? And for that matter, anybody here who has not... Okay, you're speaking French to him. That's better. Thank you. So you can explain it better in French. What's your name? My name is Yao Bernard. Yao Bernard. Yes. Y A O Yao Bernard. Okay. So just talk to him. Let's find out because that is the essence of that is the essence of Christmas. Salvation. A Savior is born. He must be born in your heart. If you have Christ in your heart, that's good news of great joy. Akuma said, yes. Akuma. What is he saying, please? He accepted Christ in Kumasi. Okay, he did that. Yes. Then, he should approach God through relationship instead of questioning God. Because what is man? You, I mean, man, think about it. Ah, But what could be better than the salvation that we've received? Romans 8.32 says, if God is a he who did not spare his own son. Do you know what that means? He did not spare his own son. His own son was in Gethsemane. He was between his own will and the will of the father. What was his will? His will was that if it was possible, let the cup of iniquity he was going to drink into his spirit, let it pass over him. That was, his 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 will was that, Lord, I Father, I know that I have come this far. He's been 33 and a half years. But at this juncture, I want to just give up. I want to Be on my own. Let me just remain the only begotten son. Let me just be. Because it's horrible to carry the sins of humanity into my spirit. So if it is possible, let this cup pass over me. Then he added, but not as I will, but your will be done. He prayed three times. The same prayer. And that was the battle, the greatest battle because the greatest victory was actually won in Gethsemane when he now yielded his will to the will of the Father. The Father did not spare him. In fact, he prayed three times but the Father I believe he said the same thing to Paul. That he, he said The same thing he said to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 that my grace is sufficient for you. I believe that is the same answer that he might have given his son. But we are not told what the Father said. Three times he prayed. But God did not spare him. If you have read Romans 8:32 before, that's the meaning. He who did not spare his own son, God did not spare him. He didn't say, No, 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 okay, no problem, son. Let's come to the kingdom. It's okay. Let them perish. No, you and I would have perished, brother. I don't know what you have acquired in this world, it would have meant nothing. Because after all said and done, you'd have still gone to the everlasting fire. But thank God for Jesus. Amen. That's why we are here. Amen. We have not just heard and seen, we have experienced him. I have him in my heart, and that's more than gold, that's more than anything that this world can offer. Hallelujah, Amen. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, he asked the question, How shall he not with him also? Okay, let me change that word. There's a word there, but also you must pay something for God to give to you. Is that what he said? Romans 8.32. I'm just trying to see whether you know that verse. He said, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also? When you pay something, then he'll give it to you. Also do what? What is the word? What word did he say? Freely, how shall he not with him also freely give you how many things? All oh. oh, things. So ben is it Your Ben there? Eh? If you want to approach God, number one, Jesus taught us, He said, When you go to Him, call Him our Father. Father means source. If you don't recognize him as Father, that means that you have not even started. So you must see God as your father. He is my source, and then number two, you must have that. You must use the relationship you have with Jesus to approach Him and say, "Father, in the name of Jesus, not in your own name, on the account of Jesus, I come to you. If you did not spare your Son, but delivered Him up for me, Bible says for us all. So you include yourself, us all. It doesn't matter how worse your sins are; He devel- He delivered Him up for us all." If, God, you did this, and you will not withhold anything from me, but you will freely give me all things, then I believe. Hallelujah. I believe that it is done. You see, it is because you have not grown your faith, and you have not grown in the Lord. So your understanding is warped, and you see God as a wicked God. But He's a good God. He he said, I bring you good tidings of, of great joy, and then also on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. God is kind. He's good. Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. He paid a debt that he did not owe. He paid a debt. He did not owe. I owe the debt. I could not pay. I need someone to wash my sins away. Oh, now I can sing a brand new song. Amazing. amazing grace It's an amazing grace, brothers and sisters Jesus paid the debt I could never pay He paid the debt He, he paid. paid the debt Jesus paid the debt It was not his I debt. Owe debt I owed the debt I could not pay I, not pay. I needed I someone I needed someone To wash my sins away Now I can see I can a sing a brand new song, amazing grace. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus made a debt that I could never pay, one more time, he paid a debt, he, he paid a debt, he did not, he owe. Did not owe, I owed the, owe the debt, and I could never I pay, my I, needed I needed someone, to wash my sins away, to wash my sins away, now I can sing a brand new song. Now I can sing. I can sing, a brand new song. I can sing. Amazing It's an amazing grace. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus the death Not that right. I could never pay. Now, now I, I can, can sing a brand new song. I can sing a brand amazing new song. with all my heart that christmas should be an opportunity for us to re-energize ourselves to make known this news to make it widely known christmas should always be an opportunity like we've gathered it is to re-energize us reinforce our commitment and conviction that we will preach this gospel to the ends of the earth. Amen. Every Christmas will be an opportunity, apart from the eating and the drinking and what have you, it is an opportunity for us to reassess our commitment to the gospel because there is nothing else we are here doing than to make this news widely known. Through our work, you may be working, but your work is not an end in itself. It's a means to an end. If you are in this world and all you are doing is just make money for yourself and build mansions, and build, I mean, acquire property, that is not enough. What God gives us is an opportunity to enhance the gospel, to amplify the gospel. So we are gathered here, first and foremost, to glorify God, praise God for this great news that we have experienced. And then number two, to reassess our commitment and make a new pledge to God that in 2020, We would tell this good news to the whole world. Can you stand to your feet, please?